is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Since 1907, Camp St. Vincent has provided a place for children from low-income families to enjoy summertime fun while also getting an education on everything from learning to swim to improving academic skills. Over the decades, the camp, sponsored by St. Vincent de Paul Baltimore, has been located at several different venues. Today it is held at Patterson Park in East Baltimore and exclusively serves children from families experiencing homelessness. Joining us today to talk about the history and amazing ministry of Camp St. Vincent is Mary Helfridge, Chief Advancement Officer for St. Vincent de Paul, Baltimore, and a parishioner of St. Louis and Clarksville. Mary Helfridge, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. And thank you, George, for having me. I'm very much looking forward to talking to you about Camp St. Vincent. When I first started working for the Catholic Review 25 years ago, my first assignment as a young reporter was covering Camp St. Vincent, so I've always had a special place in my heart for the camp and the incredible work you all do there. Uh, The camp is one of the longest-running programs within the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and as I mentioned, it goes all the way back to 1907. Could you tell us a bit about how the camp got started? Well, Camp St. Vincent has had different iterations throughout the years. And of course, in 1907, you know, Baltimore was seeing an influx of immigrants. A lot of folks were living in less than desirable, um, you know, areas with, with, you know, plumbing and um, uh, sanitation, et cetera. And it was sort of a fresh air camp. That, that term fresh air was something that was used at the turn of the last century. So St. Vincent de Paul, um, the conferences of St. Vincent de Paul have been in Baltimore since 1865. So, you know, one of the outreach programs over those years clearly was helping immigrants and helping people low income and, you know, technically poor um, and living in, in the urban environment. So the camp was started as a way to get kids out of uh, the city, um, you know, out of the heat and to go elsewhere to experience waterfront, um, fresh air and, and activities outside. So um, it has been in a couple different locations throughout the years. It, 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 at one point down in Annapolis, um, in that area there. So, you know, it was always sort of connected to um, the parishes that, that supported St. Vincent de Paul. And who ran the camp? Did religious orders sponsor it? St. Vincent de Paul has conferences. So in a parish, we have 38 parishes in the Archdiocese of Baltimore who are part of uh, St. Vincent de Paul Conference. They have their own uh, leadership team. Um, they have their own uh, uh, ways of raising money. Sometimes the parishes support through poor boxes. Uh, they do their own St. Vincent de Paul fundraising. So those um, activities, like even currently with the things that we have in our shelters and then, of course, our beans and bread, um, it, we do receive support. So that money, not necessarily through religious orders, though I'm sure there were religious orders um, that supported it, but not directly. It was more of, um, you know, an outpouring of, of donations through, um, and probably even the Archdiocese, you know, at some time in, in those years. 
What's kept it going for so long? It's had such an incredible run all these many decades. Well, I mean, I think in the beginning, um, you know, at, at the time of immigration, at the turn of the last century, um, you know, there were a lot of children living in urban environments coming from multi family situations, um, and the parishes and the conferences connected um, to give those children an opportunity. And I think throughout the years, it, you know, as I said, it's changed into more of giving kids in, in a low-income area, and in the city area, an opportunity for fresh air. So many parishes have, um, you know, been supportive, and mostly sometimes like in the suburban areas, and, you know, they have been able to help, you know, with even their locations. I mean, at one time, the camp was as far down as Annapolis. Today, the camp serves children from families experiencing homelessness. Could you tell us when that shift took place and why it happened? Well, it happened because in our shelter program, as you know, St. Vincent de Paul, we have um, 22 different programs, and, and, and we do have uh, three program sites that are family shelters. And over the years, the children who've lived in our in environments and our shelters, um, we have found have that stability um, by going to camp and, and have an opportunity to grow and continue to learn in the summer. So over the over the years, um, not only is it our children in our in our shelter environment, there's also shelters in Baltimore City and Baltimore County. So everyone gets a fair shot to come to camp. How long has it been at Patterson Park in East Baltimore? Well, to my knowledge, um, and of course, I've been with St. Vincent de Paul a little bit over a year, though I've been very aware of what St. Vincent de Paul has done through the years. Um, I would say it's been in Patterson Park probably um, over 10, over 10 years. I dug up that old article I wrote back in 1997 about Camp St. Vincent, and I was reminded of an interview I did with a 12-year-old boy who was a camper. He had told me that his best friend was shot and killed when he was just 10 years old, and where he lived, he he was constantly witnessing drug dealers and people playing dice on the streets and, and just a lot of difficult situations. And then there was another camper from a previous year who had lost both his parents to AIDS. And I know that these are probably not uncommon stories among the campers. Could you tell us about who these children are? What what some are, what are some of the challenges they are experiencing in their lives? Well, you know, the children are experiencing a lot of different challenges. And now, you know, even from that time that you did your interview, you know, the, the world just changes so rapidly and clearly in the eyes of a child. So, you know, we, we do have a unique situation in two of our shelters where we actually have family shelters. So up until um, around 2015-16, if, if a family came in with even a dad or a son, once they, the son turned 13 or, or the dad came along, they would have to go to a men's shelter. And then the, the, obviously the, the mom and the daughters would live together. So the family shelter concept, which is our Sarah's Hope and our Hannah Moore, bring the families together. So at least they're intact as a family. But you do see addiction problems. Um, you know, you see issues with eviction. You have families that really don't have any stability. So they're living basically couch surfing until they can get in to, um, you know, one of the programs through the city or the county to, to get shelter. Um, you know, we have a very stable environment within the shelter. So they're case managers. We have, you know, activity directors. We have lots of volunteers and lots of donors who help us with projects to make the children feel like they are part of a family, but, but you know, it is, it is difficult. It, it's difficult to live in a temporary environment. What kind of support does Camp St. Vincent offer these children? What are some of the things that they do at the camp? Well, camp's great because it's, you know, it's, it's eight weeks, 
So, you know, we hope for good weather all the time. Um, it's in Patterson Park, which is beautiful. Um, we have a very dedicated staff and a lot of returning volunteers. So the day starts, you know, 8.30 in the morning. You know, the kids are there. They're kind of refreshed. Um, they walk over from, um, you know, getting off the bus and walk over. And in addition to playtime and sports and team building, you know, they have opportunities to, to read, reading circle. They have opportunities to do projects that are STEM projects or science projects or math projects, but they're done in a fun way. So the kids are learning, but they're also having fun. Um, there's athletics. There's opportunity at sometimes to go to the pool. Um, you know, with the pandemic, there's been some you know issues with with Patterson Park pool being open and closed. Um, but you know, we, we do try to work that out if we can. Um, and they take trips. We have donors that support um, trips to the aquarium or trips to the Maryland Zoo. Um, we have ice cream trucks that come to Harker Brothers, who's been a good uh, friend of ours, and, and come and give the kids you know ice cream at camp. So, so it really is a fun experience. Well, our guest today is Mary Helfridge, Chief Advancement Officer for St. Vincent de Paul, Baltimore, and a parishioner of St. Louis and Clarksville. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about Camp St. Vincent. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Sometimes you find yourself where you're meant to be, even if that means in Ukraine with sirens warning of possible bombs. Jenny Kraska, Executive Director of the Annapolis-based Maryland Catholic Conference, had visited Ukraine for the first time in the summer of 2021 before the war. Shortly after, she and a friend from college had started a nonprofit to help monastic communities. She visited a community of Benedictine nuns and stayed in touch. She had planned to return to the nuns in Ukraine a year later, and she did, although to a far different country. Both Benedictine convents had been designated as refugee centers, especially a new, spacious one outside Lviv. Kraska, a parishioner of St. Mary in Annapolis, was in Poland and Ukraine July 1st through the 14th. She was moved by the stories she heard from women, children, and the elderly who had fled the war with Russia in the eastern part of the country. Quote, it was really a stark moment. You hear about it, but to be there and see it, the family situations when they've lost their homes and husbands, she said. Kreska met one young mother with Parkinson's disease who had three children and grandparents from Mariupol who are caring for their 26-year-old grandson with Down syndrome. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. 
Standing before more than 100 Baltimore police officers gathered with their families, Bishop Bruce Lewandowski called for God to protect them and grant them courage and wisdom in their actions to keep the city safe. The officers were assembled July 28th for the police department's summer awards program in the Baltimore Convention Center. They were recognized for their actions to save lives, de-escalate situations, solve crimes, and devise innovations and crime prevention strategies. A dozen awards were also given to non-sworn police employees, law enforcement from partner agencies, and members of the public who acted heroically. Bishop Lewandowski offered the invocation and benediction, praying for God to watch over all who give their lives to law enforcement. The Medal of Honor, the night's most distinguished award, was given to Detective Brian Burke, who survived a gunshot wound to his stomach on June 14, 2020. Burke and his partner, Officer Joshua Poltro, who received the Silver Star, responded to a party with some 250 people in West Baltimore when a man allegedly pulled a gun on a woman. Burke told the suspect to put his gun down, and with numerous people packed in the crowd, the officer tried to disarm the suspect with his hands and was shot in the process. Even after he was injured, Burke joined his partner to subdue the suspect and take his weapon. No one else was injured. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Romanian officials have ordered the demolition of a 23-story office building overshadowing Bucharest's Catholic Cathedral 10 years after a ruling that it was built illegally and endangers the historic landmark. A priest spokesman for Romania's Bucharest Archdiocese called the order, quote, a joyful affirmation of the church's life after all the aggression directed against us. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. Remember the beauty of being together. We're happy to be back with our church family. Remember the comfort of your community. We made full circle and we're back to church again. Oh, it's wonderful to be back in church again with my friends and family. Remember the power of your faith. It feels special to join together again. I feel wonderful coming back to church. The Catholic churches of the Archdiocese are now fully reopened. Feel the joy. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic schools rise above. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Today we're talking about Camp St. Vincent, a summer camp for children from families experiencing homelessness. And our guest is Mary Helfridge, Chief Advancement Officer for St. Vincent de Paul, Baltimore, which sponsors the camp. Mary, how many children do you have in the camp this year? Well, this year we have roughly between about 155 to 170 because some of our children uh, will come into the program and then they find permanent housing. So, of course, they get to move on. And then we also have new families coming in during the summer as well. Has that held about steady over the last decade or so? Uh, Pretty much, yeah, I would think so. I mean, we've had some blips with, of course, the pandemic. Um, Last year, we, in 2021, we had a smaller camp, um, but, you know, people were, were equally distanced and stuff. So I think we were maybe about 100 last year. Um, and then 
no camp, obviously, in 2020. Um, so, you know, back to 2019 numbers were kind of around the same. What are some of the success stories of Camp St. Vincent? Well, yeah, I mean, over the years, we actually have some donors, you know, that are of the older ilk who support us, who were there um, and had an opportunity to go, maybe in the 70s and maybe in the 80s. Um, right now, we have a counselor, and her name is Mackenzie, and she actually was our featured uh, uh, story this year, um, and she was a, a family in the shelter. She and her family were in the shelter, and um, she felt like her quote was that she felt like she was uh, with everyone else. She didn't feel like she was an outsider, and she felt like all of the kids were there, and there was stability um, because, as we talked about in the last segment, you know, her meal was stable and her day was stable and she had transportation. So it wasn't the insecurity that a lot of homeless kids feel because they really don't know what's going to happen the next day. And she aged out of the camp at 14 and then was able to, her and her mom uh, were able to get a place with their aunt um, in, in a county, in Baltimore County, and she's come back. So this is her second summer of being a counselor. And which has been great. Um, and we, you know, we do hear stories. We hear stories through, um, as I said, you know, it might be this, this story. Somebody might hear it and say, you know what, I remember going there and we may get an email um, and we may run in and I run into people that talk about camp and, and, and past supporters of camp throughout the years. So, so we do hear from our people. You mentioned earlier about how Camp St. Vincent provides academic support for the campers. Could you talk a little bit about that and some of the successes there? Yeah, so, you know, the, the, I guess the, you know, buzzword is the summer slide, and, and especially with the pandemic and, and, and being schooled, you know, for almost two years at home in, in a lot of cases. Um, so, you know, the program presents itself as a fun day at camp, but there's also components of reading. Um, we've had reading challenges before where we've had, you know, X amount of books to be read, you know, for a prize at the end of the day. Um, a lot of STEM experiments, a lot of fun science things that you can do outside. Um, so, some of our funders are folks who are interested in outcome, right? If we're, if we're doing foundation um, or family fund um, and they want to know how their money's being spent. So there, there sometimes is, you know, that sort of um, uh, call it testing or, or, you know, where do you start? And then at the end of the summer, you know, we, we give them a little bit of progress and know that in some cases, you know, I'm not saying a whole grade level in eight weeks, but to keep it consistent um, and, you know, have, have more understanding in verbal and, and math, it, it, it's, it gives them a good head start for their new school year. How are parishes involved in supporting Camp St. Vincent? Well, the Archdiocese of Baltimore has just been it's fabulous to St. Vincent de Paul, the Archdiocese and, and all of the parishes. So um, the Archdiocese was a supporter this year of our camp, and um, we do a mail campaign, and when we have a lot of pastors and, of course, our conferences who are aware of Camp St. Vincent. So um, I would say this year, um, larger parishes like Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Howard County um, has given us the entire summer for one child, which is $2,200. Um, a lot of the other parishes will do weeks of camp. So this year, weeks of camp were $275. Um, and then some, you know, for days of camp. So we get poor box proceeds. We get special project proceeds. Um, and I would say this summer, probably about between twelve dollars and $15,000 of our fundraising efforts have come from the parishes and, and, uh, and conferences and, of course, the Archdiocese. I know you've done some special appeals. The Archdiocese of Baltimore actually held a special social media campaign. Is that right? 
Yeah. So we were invited. Bernadette invited us um, in, the, I guess, February, March. Uh, there was a social media campaign for the Archdiocese to get likes, and we were featured as one of those projects. So I guess for every like, um, there was a certain amount of, uh, of a donation coming back to us, and actually the Archdiocese was our first uh, gift of um, $1,500 um, for, for this camp season. And then we do what we do a mailing. We have camp supporters. We have um, foundation funders and family funders, um, and we do you know our, our active solicitations like in May um, and June. And, and right now... Um, July 27th, which is a Wednesday, we're having Camp Impact Day. So we do invite our donors um, to come to that. The camp takes place over the summer, but this really must be a year-round effort. What kind of preparation is involved in getting ready for the camp and recruiting the counselors? Yeah, well, we have a lot of repeaters, of course. And, of course, with COVID, it was difficult. A lot of our um, high school kids, you know, they aged out over the pandemic. And so we had to kind of look for a fresh crop of kids who had not traditionally been volunteers. Um, so that was a little bit of a struggle, admittedly. Um, but we do have, you know, returners. Plus, we have a pretty dedicated staff um, internally uh, with, with St. Vincent de Paul. Um, Darren is one of our assistant camp counselors and or camp directors, shall I say. Um, and he's been around for a very long time. Um, and then Renata uh, White was with our Head Start program, and she was hired in as a director this year. So, um, again, you know, a lot of people internally are already in uh, as employees of St. Vincent de Paul, but we do probably start really um, working on curriculum and, and, you know, updating everything, you know, in, in the late winter. How many people are involved in total in running the camp? Um, I, well, running the camp staff-related uh, probably close to a dozen, you know, and then of course we have the volunteers and it's like per, like we, we have like little groups of kids. We try to keep them um, in say an eight to 10 uh, number, you know, group. So multiply that out. Um, so every day at camp, we probably have between 25 and 30 people, either in a volunteer or, or a paid capacity. You mentioned sometimes you get people to come back year to year to volunteer at Camp St. Vincent. Uh, do you sometimes get former campers from back in the 1960s or 70s who still volunteer today? Not for volunteering. And again, I'm not, you know, it's not ageism. However, it is a pretty hectic day, right? It's hot. Um, it's all day. You're on your feet and you're chasing 160 children. So I will say that in most cases, um, we kind of cap out around college. Um, yeah, we do have some folks that are regular volunteers that support us, but it's it's mainly like a high school and maybe first two years of college we'll, we'll come back for that, like, robust, like, let's get out there and, you know, team build and play tag and flag football and all that good kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, When you're at Camp St. Vincent, what gives you joy in seeing the campers? They're just having so much fun. And again, putting it in perspective, it's a lot of the things that many of us take for granted. Right. So these are kids that, again, are very unstable in their environment. They don't quite understand what happened and why all of a sudden they're living in a dorm like, you know, our shelters are lovely and we take care of everyone. Three meals a day, um, um, common areas. As I said, we have many employees that do activities, but, you know, it's a shelter. I mean, it's a bed and a bureau in a room and having and knowing that these children have an opportunity to see things that maybe they normally wouldn't see um, and engage with others and, and learn that the team building, you know, it, it's stressful. And we, you know, we have kids, you know, mental health is a big issue now and, and it, it, it starts young. I mean, the, the, not only is it homeless, but they've also been in a pandemic. And so, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, sharing is caring and 
team building and let's talk about our frustration and let's kind of move forward in, in a good compatible kind of way. So, so um, seeing the kids getting along and just enjoying themselves is really, really, it's a really heart, heart happy thing. Is there a website or a phone number where people can get some more information? Yep. Our website is vincentbaltimore.org. We do have a camp link. Um, our social media, we have Instagram, SBDP Baltimore. We have Facebook. We update that. You know, our, our, our social media staff loves to put things out about the kids, um, little stories. Sometimes we do a reel. Um, I can be reached by email. Um, it's M-A-R-Y period. H-E-L-F-R-I-C-H at VincentBaltimore.org. Um, anybody can email me and we can make arrangements to have a conversation or a visit to the camp. Well, our guest today has been Mary Helfridge, Chief Advancement Officer for St. Vincent de Paul, Baltimore. And we've been talking about Camp St. Vincent. Mary Helfridge, thanks again so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Well, thank you, George. It was great. I'm really glad I got to talk about it and I really appreciate all you do as well. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make veterans know just how much we appreciate their service. Please visit www.volunteer.va.gov. What will you do? Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.